Hey, we're Phil and Meredith, and we're the pastors here at Cornerstone Church, and we are so glad that you are here with us today. It's our prayer that this message is an inspiration to you, that it builds you up, that it stirs your faith right now in your today, as well as in the days to come. We believe that God has great things for you. God bless you. All right, we are celebrating, continuing to celebrate that the joy has come, that triumph has come. All month we've been talking about being joyful and triumphant, that we are joyful and triumphant in the midst of every season because we are in relationship with the one who brings us joy and the one who brings us triumph. So before we get into communion today, I just want to encourage us in that one more time. Why don't you turn with me to the book of Luke, Luke 2, starting in verse 9. If you're familiar with the story of Jesus' birth, this, of course, is when the angels come and they meet shepherds who are out minding their sheep in the field. And it says, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And then Matthew 2, also starting in verse 9 this is when the magi come, the, the wise men come, and they greet Jesus. And it says, after they had heard the king, they went on their way. Um, and the star that they had seen when it rose ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. They were filled with joy. They were bubbling up with joy. And it says, on coming into the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshiped him. And then, of course, they opened the treasures and they presented him with gifts of gold, of frankincense, and of myrrh. Jesus, we come to you today. God, we are so grateful that you are the source of our joy, that you are the source of our triumph, and that we get to celebrate who you are today. We thank you that you came. And as we have these moments together, God, I just speak every distraction be set aside. God, every, every additional thing that would try and draw our attention during this season, we say for it to be quieted and that we take these moments to focus on who you are, to let our hearts be settled before you. Like the wise men who came, like the shepherds who come, we want to come before you with worship, with adoration, with acknowledgement for who you are. And God, I ask that hearts be encouraged today, that spirits be strengthened as we lean in to you, our Christ, our Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you are completely done with your Christmas shopping? Like 100% done. If you're on the chat and you're all the way done, you can drop one of those like green check boxes and just fill it up. That means done. You guys are awesome. I used to be among you. You used to be my people. I would be done with my Christmas shopping like by Thanksgiving, done. I missed all the chaos. I'd have December to get everything wrapped up, ready, sorted. This year, I think I still have like half of my Christmas list left for the next four days. I don't even know what gifts I have purchased and what gifts I haven't purchased yet or who needs them. 
It's absolutely gotten out of control. I know that there are some gifts at my house and I know that there are some gifts that are still on their way and I know that there are probably some things that I still want to buy, but I'm not really sure what's been done. Part of the reason for this is that I do most of my shopping online. Come on for all of the online shoppers. How good is the convenience of online shopping. You just sit there and you get it sorted out and then they bring it to you. I was reading earlier this weekend that about the, the um, online shopping this year, especially around Christmas, has increased by like 30%. That's a huge jump from one year to the next. From 2019 at this time, 30% more gifts are being purchased online and brought to people's homes. Come on, can we have a moment of recognition for all of the delivery drivers who are working long nights, late hours, who are bringing all of our gifts to us? Come on, Santa has nothing on this crew who has come to my house not one night, but multiple times. Like every single day they are showing up, bringing gifts and packages and helping us make sure that we can have the opportunity to celebrate together still. But I have this one gift that I ordered and it gave me this funny delivery time. It said that it will arrive sometime between December 18th and December 27th. Now here's the issue that I'm sure you've caught on to about those last few days is that they are after Christmas. So I'm really believing and interceding for the first half of that declaration that my gift will arrive beforehand and I check it all the time. I don't know if you have any gifts that you're waiting on that have fuzzy delivery lines like that, but I am waiting and I check it and it sends me these little updates all the time and there is great expectation around when my gift is going to arrive. And as we think about what that first Christmas must have been like, I think it's almost impossible for us to imagine the anticipation and the expectation that was surrounding the people of Israel as they waited for the gift of Jesus to arrive to come to them, to come into the world, to to finally see the realization of the thing that God had been speaking to them. That for generation on generation, they had been waiting before God and he had been telling them, I have a very special gift that I'm sending to you. Something that is gonna change the course of everything. And just like I keep going to my phone and checking and looking at all of those little updates that they send me and they let me know, oh, your gift has left the warehouse. And then two days later, oh, your gift has arrived in Topeka, Kansas. And you're like, what's it doing over there? And keep sending me little updates as I'm tracking it all along the way. As you read throughout the Old Testament, God kept giving them little updates on what it was gonna be like. This is what the Savior is gonna look like. He's gonna come through a virgin. He's gonna come and be your Prince of Peace. He's gonna be the everlasting Father. He'll be pierced for your transgressions. And he keeps giving them little updates all throughout the Old Testament and as they get closer and closer the excitement the anticipation the wonder of what will it mean for our Savior to come kept rising and increasing and as we get to this moment they have finally received the long-awaited notification your delivery 
is out, or your package is out for delivery. An angel comes to Mary and tells her, there you are now carrying the weighted package. The thing that your people have been waiting on, the thing that everyone has been talking about, you are now in possession of this long-awaited gift. And then finally, they come to a night, a night I would imagine not anything like they anticipated it, traveling far from where they were in a place that was not their original home, not even in a proper room. They are in a borrowed stable. And there comes an infant into the world, the gift of God for all mankind. And with him on his arrival, he brings joy and triumph. When Jesus entered the world as a small, tiny infant, he came into the world already triumphant. His very entry into time and space declared to all of the forces of evil that your time is up. The fact that Jesus arrived on the scene meant that triumph had already come. Anytime that Jesus comes into a space, victory comes with him. Triumph comes with him. Overcoming comes with him. The very first messianic prophecy that we see, the very first words in scripture that declare to us that Jesus, a savior, is coming, declare to us that he will come as an overcoming king. It's in Genesis 3 and 15. It says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. And this is referring to Jesus that says, he shall crush your head and you shall bruise his heel. The very first time we hear Jesus referenced, it says that he will crush the head of his enemy. And when he entered into the world, it was a declaration that the heel crusher, sorry, that the head crusher has arrived and triumph has come. This infant child, can you imagine it? A baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, looks unassuming, doesn't look anything like the warrior king that perhaps they have imagined like David fighting his thousands. Instead, he looks like a baby, dependent still, in need of attention, in need of strength and support. He doesn't look like he is gonna be triumphant in this moment. But because he is God, wrapped in flesh, everywhere that he goes, triumph is with him. As he entered into the world, Everything changed. And even though he looked small and unassuming, he was already triumphant. And maybe as you're looking into the next year, you have a dream inside of you that looks small, that looks unassuming, that you're not sure if it's gonna stand up and be everything that you believe it's gonna be. Maybe your dream still needs a lot of support around it. It's still dependent on a lot of things. What I want you to hear is if Jesus is in that dream with you, if it's a dream that has come from him into you, then if Jesus is there, your dream is triumphant. It's not gonna stay in a manger. 
It's not gonna lean back. Your dream is not there just to be small, but it's there to grow, to be strengthened, and to overcome every space. Because anytime Jesus arrives on the scene, he arrives with triumph. And anytime you connect your life to Jesus, triumph becomes your inheritance. And when Jesus, that triumphant infant, arrived, it brought with him great joy, great expectation. It brought with him a joy that was overcoming because the good news was here, that the thing we have been waiting for, the thing we have been expecting, the thing we have been longing for has finally come. It's what the angels announced to the shepherds. I bring you good news of great joy. It's what the wise men said when they found him, that joy overflowing has bubbled up on the inside of us because we have seen with our eyes the thing that we have been longing for. I don't want you to lose it because we get to look at it from the other side back and say, of course, the Savior came and was born for us. But they had been waiting and longing and they realized not only has he come, but we are alive in the time. I get to see the Savior with my own eyes. I get to come and worship in front of this Messiah with my own eyes and bring him gifts. And just like they came into that manger, what a joy that we live in a time when each and every one of us don't have to wait in expectation of is the Messiah coming, but we can come and bring him our adoration. We can come and bring him our worship. We live in a time when the Savior has has come when each and every one of us has access directly to God and joy is our portion joy that bubbles up joy overwhelming joy that causes us to have strength in the midst of everything because the thing that the angels declared the thing that the magi's knew is that Jesus was the source of all of their joy that all of the true joy that they experienced came when they came to the source of that joy in Jesus. That when we come into his presence, when we offer our lives before him, when we worship at the feet of the Savior King, then joy is what he gives us in return because we have come directly to the source. And I think that perhaps part of the reason we have trouble accessing our joy, we have trouble connecting to true joy, we feel like our joy is always depleted, is because we're running after counterfeit examples everywhere in our life. It's the goodness of God that he gives us sources of pleasure all through our life. But if we misdirect and we confuse the source of pleasure with the source of joy, then we continually have to be refilled. We continually have to go back. And really, like an addict, we continually have to up the dose to feel the pleasure that we used to feel from that same thing. And we end up running here and there after this and after that, just hoping that it will give me the feeling that it used to give me. 
A good review from my boss used to be enough to help me feel good for a little bit, but now that's not enough anymore. And I need a promotion to feel the pleasure and the joy that I used to feel from my achievements. Because my achievements, while they might be a source of pleasure, a source of delight, are not the source of my true joy. It used to be enough for me to be on the basketball team and get to make a shot every once in a while, but now I don't feel the high that I used to feel from that activity unless we're winning every single game because I have to up the ante just a little bit. It used to be enough for me to just go to the store and get what I needed, but now I'm not happy unless my cart is filled to overflowing. As I run after all of the false pleasures because I haven't found my way to come and sit at the feet of a triumphant infant who is the source of all of my joy. When I come and I find myself at his feet pouring out my life before him, I realize that it's not all of these things that may or may not get added into my life. It is the very fact that I serve a God who would come to me. A God who would say, you can't get to me, so I'm going to come to you. And I'm going to come to you in the lowliest, in the humblest of ways. I'm not going to come splitting the skies and drag down as the warrior king. Not this time. On this arrival, I'm going to come in the form of a baby. I'm going to come weak in appearance. I'm going to come fragile in appearance. I'm going to come so that they barely recognize who I am, but those who have eyes to see can recognize that this is the Messiah that we have all been waiting for. He is triumphant, lying in a manger, and he is the source of all of our joy. Isaiah 51 calls it an everlasting joy. A joy that doesn't run away. A joy that isn't rocked by the phases of life, but a joy that continues in every season of your life. The joy that you find in Jesus is a deep well. It is a deep spring that never runs dry. And so I want to encourage you today, if you found yourself feeling depleted, if you found yourself feeling defeated, if you found the feeling of heaviness or the feeling of depression coming on you in all that has surrounded this year, find yourself at the feet of the triumphant infant. Find yourself running to the source of all true joy. Find yourself pausing in the midst of your lights, in the midst of your paper, in the midst of your meals, to say, Jesus, where are you in this moment? Because my meal might taste good, and my gift might look good, and my lights might bring me a momentary pleasure, but if I don't have you, Jesus, then all of that means nothing. All of that has become emptiness. All of that has become, and perhaps that's why you find yourself looking at your tree and saying, I don't know why I can't find that Christmas spirit. I don't know why I'm not feeling very festive today. I don't know why all of the things that I normally do don't bring me the rush that they normally do. Is it maybe because 
you haven't put the source in the middle of your celebration. That source is Jesus. And today we're going to put the source of our triumph, the source of our joy, right in the middle, in the front, in the top, however you need to picture it. It's going to be the core of all that we do. That Jesus is the reason that we celebrate. He's the reason that we gather. He's the reason that we lift up a voice. He is the source of all that we do. In just a moment, we're going to celebrate communion together. We're going to take that moment to pause and to remember the source of all that we do. But before we do that, I want to invite someone, anyone who needs to, to come home into that place of the family of God this morning. Luke 15 tells us what brings joy in heaven. It says that all of heaven rejoices when just one person comes back into relationship with God, when one person who was lost is found. I don't know if you've ever thought about heaven resounding with joy. The place where there is no pain, it says, takes it up a level and begins rejoicing when just one person comes home. So today, if you find yourself distant from God, far from God, unsure of where your relationship with Jesus is, I want to invite you to come into this prayer with me today. If you're in the room, I'd love for you to stand. If you're at home and you want to lean your heart in right now, we're all going to pray this prayer together and invite anyone who needs to, to pray it for the first time or to pray it again and remember, I'm coming home today. I want us to pray it together because in days when you aren't sure if that prayer meant something, I want you to remember that you are part of the family of God. And I want you to hear the sound, not of the enemy, not of the lies, not of the deception. I want you to hear the sound of the family of God that you have been welcomed home into. Amen, church? Let's pray this together. Dear Jesus, thank you for coming. I believe in your life. I believe in your death and I believe in your resurrection. I know that I have not done everything right and that I need you in my life. Come into my heart now and help me walk with you. Keep you, keep Jesus, keep you at the center of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, and all the people of God, let's rejoice. Let's rejoice like the sound of heaven that is rejoicing right now for those who have come home. If you just prayed that and you're online, I'd love for you to drop a hand in the chat or that's me in the chat. Our team wants to follow up with you. If you're in this room, I want you to connect with anyone in a red shirt. Well, a specific red shirt. Um, Glenn, can you run up here? I realized it's Christmas. There's a lot of red in the room. I want you to connect with someone in this kind of a red shirt. 
Thank you, Glenn. After service, it says, how can I help? And the thing they wanna help you with most is how you can walk out your life with Jesus. We have lots of resources that we want to give to you to get in your hands to help you with walking this out. But more than anything, we wanna say welcome home to you. Welcome home into the family of God. Your Christmas is gonna be totally different now that you have the true source in the front of your Christmas. Amen. We are believing that that word will bring strength and hope into your life. Absolutely. If God just spoke to you through this message and you're stirred right now to partner with us and to sow financially into the ministry that is Cornerstone Church, I want to encourage you to jump on over to our website, which is simply cornerstone.church and click the give button. Find the avenue that is most convenient for you today. That's right, we are gonna continue spreading the message of the gospel and we look forward to continuing to connect together.